What is going on, you guys? Hello, America. Hello, baseball world. It is episode number five. We are continuing the trek across the baseball spectrum, and we are in the American League West. Mooch, we're in the West already, bro. How are you feeling? Episode five, the AL West, Z-Stone, we are absolutely flying through these season predictions for these divisions and, and all of Major League Baseball, having an absolute blast breaking down these divisions for you guys. And you know what? As we get into the West, this is a division where there was quite a bit of movement as mm -hmm. far as new pieces, offseason acquisitions. So I am very excited to get into this today. Super excited because, like you said, this is a very good division. A lot of stars in this division now. A lot of, a lot of star power on a lot of teams, you know, pretty much from, from top to bottom except for the number five spot. We'll get into that in just a second. But this is a good, this is a good division. Oh, I mean, this division is, I mean, you have the reigning AL MVP in this division. You have the reigning AL Cy Young in this division. You have arguably three teams that are viable playoff contenders in the 2022 uh, season and, and postseason. So it's going to be a super exciting to watch. I know myself on the East Coast, I'm probably not going to get to catch as many games as I would like. But uh, if you're out there in the Pacific, the Pacific time area, you're going to have some good baseball to watch. Yep, that is one good thing about being where I am. I get, uh, I get the luxury of watching some really good baseball sometimes. So after the Braves get off, you know, the Braves get off here 5, 6 o'clock in the afternoon. We got the Dodgers. We got the Angels. We got all these guys, the Mariners, A's, all these guys that we're going to be talking about over the next couple of days. I've done a lot of watching these guys over the last couple of years. So... With that being said, we're going to keep the trend going. We'll go from bottom to the top. Uh, and the top includes uh, your American League champions from last year. But we'll get into them later. Let's start at the bottom. You have the Oakland Athletics rightfully in the last place spot. Mooch, talk me up about the, uh, the Oakland A's, baby. Yeah, we have uh, we have nicknamed the Oakland A's. They are the 2022 version of Goodwill. Um, they are a thrift store. They have they have they have fire sold everything this offseason. You know, and, and you look at their record from last year's Stone, 2021. They were 86 and 76, so 10 games above 500. Finished third in the division. Still missed the playoffs, uh, you know, just the competition in the AL East weren't able to win the division or snag a uh, wild card spot. But you look at what they did this offseason. After a second half flameout last year, you look at it, like I said, they were in contention for most of the year, but finished the year after the All-Star break, 34 and 36. They missed the playoffs and decided, you know what, we're going full rebuild mode. We'll get into some of these offseason acquisitions, but I mean, I'm looking at this roster right now. It's a hodgepodge of names. It's it's not looking good. Nope, it isn't. And that, and what's so mind-boggling about the Oakland A's is they were relatively close. Yeah. Right? I mean, until this year, the West wasn't really that strong, right? So they have been. Um, it's probably the strongest the West. The AL West has been, you know, from top to in bottom in a, in a long time. And so now, you know, you blow it up. Complete rebuild, literally complete rebuild uh, yeah. of the farm system, of the major league team. Good for some young guys. Uh, we'll talk about two of those here in just a minute that we know very well, uh, being Brace fans. How, what do you think about the decision to blow it up? 
You know, when I look at the big picture, right? I mean, you look at the guys they gave up. Matt Olson, he's 27, going on 28. Matt Chapman, you know, in that 20, 28 to 30-year-old range. You're looking at these guys they gave up that are still probably in the prime in their career. If they could have made a few moves, you still think at 10 games over 500, if you bring back some of those guys, you're competing for the division, arguably. Yep. But, you know, it goes back to this. Mark Kotze, first season as the new manager of the Oakland Athletics. And it's funny. When I think of Mark Kotze, the first thing that comes to my mind is the movie Moneyball. It's the book Moneyball. Billy Bean. Mm -hmm. We all know the movie. Um, but it just comes down to it. They don't want to spend any money. Nope. They do not want to spend any money. As soon as the, the players that they build through their farm system, all these guys are homegrown. Oh, uh, you know, Matt Olson was drafted by them. Uh, Matt Chapman, everybody, all these guys that they just traded away came up through Oakland. Mm -hmm. But when they get too expensive, they don't want to pay the money for them. So they ship them off and they start this rebuild process. And it's almost just like a cyclical thing for the Oakland A's. So, you know, I'm a little bit shocked. If, I, if I'm an A's fan, it's just like, it's, it's like having deja vu. Yep, absolutely. So building off that, bringing in Mark Kotze, who I think is a very good hire for them. Uh, Mark was obviously a very good outfielder, very good baseball player, very solid guy. I think he'll fit in well in Oakland. Um, but let's dive into the, the, the guys that they do have on this team. So, obviously, traded away Matt Olson, right? Uh, Sterling Marte, no longer with the team. Matt Chapman, no longer with the team. We've talked all, we talked all about that. The pieces they do have, Sean Murphy, 2021 Gold Glove catcher. Uh, 26 years old, probably one of the better catchers. Obviously, a good catcher defensively. You want to go glove. But bright spot and someone that you could possibly build around. Yeah, Sean Murphy, definitely one of the highlights from the returning players. You know, 26 years old, still kind of trying to find his footing as far as getting his average up. I know he only hit 216, but he had 17 home runs and almost 60 RBIs. And not even 120 games. So he's he's really only playing maybe two-thirds of the season, putting up some pretty solid numbers from a position that traditionally is not going to hit for a ton of power. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Salvi Perez, some of those exceptions to the rule there. Um, but going a little bit further, you know, they're also returning outfielder Seth Brown, 28-year-old left-hander. One of my favorite cards in MLB The Show, BR. Not going to lie, I draft him just about every time he shows up. But this is a guy, <laughs> another guy, you know, still still trying to make his way in the league. Uh, hit 214 last year with 20 home runs and 48 RBIs. Uh, in 111 games so like same way with with sean murphy didn't play a full season still managed 20 home runs and almost 50 rbis so the power numbers are there probably not going to hit for a ton of average especially you know in in oakland which is probably the worst hitters park in the entire major leagues um but, you know they of course uh but you know they got some young guys and, and yep. especially from these trades too so we'll get into that a little bit more uh tell me about some of the youth they acquired via trade this offseason after selling pretty much the entire roster so we can go over the one that we uh we're obviously very familiar with matt chat or matt olson uh coming over to the atlanta braves in exchange for christian pache and shay langley those are the two headlining guys uh yep. We can we can maybe dive off into the other guys here, Joey Estes and Ryan Kusick. Um, yeah. The lower part of that, and they're still good prospects, but they're 
they're not going to headline the group. The headliner of this package is, is Shea Langleyers. Right. Uh, very good catcher. Um, you know, you're looking at a kid who can absolutely swing the bat. And in Pache, you're getting somebody who can play excellent center field defense. And the bat hasn't found itself in the major league level yet, but it, it's, it could. It very well could. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, Christian Pache, I have hated on him in the past. I got to give him some credit. You know, he's battled some injuries, but he's shown true flashes of raw power. You look at his swing, he's raw. You look at him, he's athletic. He can catch anything in the outfield, has a rocket attached to his arm, and can flat out fly. So he's got almost every tool you want. If he can start to hit a little bit, you know, I think he'll he'll turn into at least a serviceable player who can get by on his defense alone he's that kind of a prospect uh, defensively um but then you look at it who else they got in this trade you know Shea Langoliers was the number one prospect in the Braves farm system at the time of this trade. Yep. And he is a former for, former first round pick, a guy that I really was looking forward to maybe possibly coming up into Atlanta and, and seeing him get some playing time over the next few years as we transition through the Travis Darno era. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I would look for Shea Langoliers on this team. You know, Sean Murphy is, is probably going to get the bulk of the innings at catcher, but I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe gets a late uh, you know, a late summer call-up, maybe get a little time at DH, get, get him some ABs this summer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely excited to see how Langoliers pans out for the A's. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. But I think Pache probably going to end up starting in center field, correct? He has to, I think. You look at this, I mean, the roster I'm looking at right now, the only other guy I can see, you know, Steven Piscotti, Ramon Laureano. I believe Laureano may be starting on the IL. I'm not sure. I think he's suspended still, isn't he? Oh, you know what? You're right. He is suspended. I completely forgot about that. Um, yeah. So Pache will be the starting center fielder. I know he's been getting a ton of run in spring training. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy, the guy, absolutely loved being an Atlanta Brave. He's he has in his Twitter bio Z Stone, former Oakland Athletics player. Yep, and former and Atlanta Brave. Former Atlanta Brave player. Yep. I mean, the guy. You got to root for the guy. You, you have to. Absolutely. So that pretty much wraps up the A's. It's going to be a rebuild. I want to touch for one second here on the top of the rotation, Sean Manaya yep. and Frankie Montas, uh, two yeah. uh, very, very good opening uh, top of the rotation arms. Both probably going to be traded probably at the deadline, I think, which is smart. I think not selling off everybody preseason, probably a right. good idea. Hold on to a couple of these guys because you're going to obviously as, as the ebbs and flows of the season go on, you get to the trade deadline, somebody calls, the Yankees calls, the Red Sox call, even the Braves call, or Dodgers. Some of these teams that are cont- fighting and contending for a World Series call, hey, hey, we want a, another rotation piece. Well, the price is exponentially higher, so I think good on them for holding on to both of those guys. That's pretty much all we'll say about the, the A's. Moving on up into the fourth spot, a 60-102 and record, Texas Rangers last year. Um a fifth-place finish, third-worst record in Major League Baseball. Chris Woodward back on the helm as the manager there in Texas. And a couple new guys up the middle, in the middle infield. Mooch, tell me about uh, the bags and the Brinks trucks that were backed up into that Texas infield. 
Yeah, so uh, Texas fans, I don't want to hear any of you guys complaining about your team not spending any money in the in the offseason. This is a team that went out and spent over half a billion dollars. That's billion with a B. $561 million. Yeah, hats off to those guys, right? Spending the money. Hey, you know, you love to see a team, especially a team, like you said, with the third worst record in Major League Baseball. They're trying to be competitive again. I give them all the credit in the world for going out and spending, try to try to compete in a division that, you know, historically has been somewhat down. Obviously, you know, a lot of teams made moves this offseason, so it's going to be very competitive this year. But credit to the Rangers. You know, they went out and signed Corey Seager. Yep arguably the number two shortstop and the number two uh, free agent signing in all of the, the offseason behind Carlos Correa. But this was a massive deal, Z-Stone. Ten years, they get him for a decade at $325 million. That's all awesome guy. I mean, this is a guy, former World Series MVP, has been giving the Braves fits in the postseason for years. Yep. I think he's worth every penny in my opinion. He's oh, still yeah. in the prime. He's still in the prime of his career. Hasn't hit 30 years old. This is a guy I was at game six. I had field level seats at NLCS game six. I saw Corey Seager at ground level. This guy is an massive. alien. He's he massive. is a huge human being. I'm he's what you, we he, call a, a tree. He is. He's a tree, but you know, $325 million is a steep price. I think he's worth every penny. I think they're going to get a ton of production out of this guy. Yeah, well, go over, go on the other side of second base. Who'd they get over there? Second base, they went out. Hey, they said $325. You think that's a lot? All right, how about another $175 million for seven years? Second baseman from the Toronto Blue Jays, Marcus Simeon. Uh, a former all-star, you know, is going to hit for a ton of power. This 45 is nukes last year, Mooch. 45. 45 home runs, 102 RBIs, In and Toronto. 15 steals. Out of the second base position, what, is there another second baseman in the league that's putting up even close to 40 home runs? No, there's Negative. not. There's not. Marcus Simeon, arguably you know rounds out probably at least the most uh wealthy infield in all of major league baseball but one of the one of the more offensively powered uh you know middle infields in the entire uh in the entire major leagues absolutely i mean this this team is it's got power for days man i mean it's got enough yeah. power to to power a power station i mean this is ridiculous they got i mean that's there's a legit possibility of like 65, 70, 75 homers just in the middle infield spots. Oh, middle infield alone. If Simeon does, I mean, say Simeon hits 40 home runs. He hit 45 home runs. Let's say hits 40. Seager hit 16 last year in just 95 games. We know he's riddled with injuries. He, you know, he missed some time there during the season. And he loves uh, that Texas ballpark too. I was just about to say, in that 2020 postseason when they were playing in the new Texas stadium, Bombs, he was bombs everywhere. He, he was going ham. So look for him to just explode this year. Uh, Simeon is is poised for another year as well. But you know what? They weren't done at, at, at the offensive spots. They said, "Let's go get some pitching as well." Yep. Talk John about the pitching. Gray. Here. John, John Gray. Gray. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, that's pretty good pickup. 
I mean, four years, 56 million. Some people think they may have overpaid a little bit. I don't know. John Gray, you know, in Colorado, pitching in one of the worst pitchers ballparks you can pitch in, arguably. I mean, it's hard to have good numbers there. He was eight yeah. and 12 last year, four, five, nine ERA. Uh, but he did have 157 strikeouts in 149 innings. So this is a guy that has strikeout stuff. He's got out pitches. Uh, the question is, is that enough? I'm looking at the rest of this pitching staff. It's not very strong. No. They're going to have to work on the pitching area. But let's go behind the plate. The battery. The battery mate of John Gray. He's new, too. Yeah. Brand new. Also from the Minnesota Twins. Uh, another Battle Royale favorite in MLB The Show. Mitch Garver. Uh, Mitch Garver was the main piece acquired in the trade from the I Isaiah uh, Kiner-Falefa trade where he was dealt briefly to the Minnesota Twins in exchange for catcher M Mitch Garver uh, and Kiner-Falefa was then flipped uh, to New York along with Josh Allenson for the for the Gary Sanchez and Gia Urshelo trade. But Mitch Garver, you're getting a guy with raw power, young, um, a lot of potential from the right side, hit 256 last year, 13 home runs, 34 RBIs. You know, they, they've got an established battery now. You know, they've yep. they've got a guy who can hit in the middle of the order. And if he can grow into this spot, I think he he's going to have a lot of RBIs this year. Yeah, I want to talk about one more guy in this, in this uh, rotation here. Let me see where we are here. So I don't see him, but what are the chances Colby Allard is uh, making an appearance from the Rangers this year? Colby Allard, former Brave. This dude, I swear to God, every time I turn on a Colby Allard highlight, this man's giving up 10 runs. Yeah. He's giving up home runs left and right. He's a left-handed guy. He's not going to overpower you with his stuff. He kind of relies on mixing speeds, hitting spots. But, you know, he's a guy that I would imagine is probably going to float up and down, maybe between the rotation and the pin, can give you some starts, can give you some long innings of relief. But he's not a guy that I would look to, to to really give you a whole lot. I mean, if if he's if he's a middle of the rotation guy for your team, you're in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to touch on a couple of other guys before we jump up to the three spot. Adolis Garcia, Nick Solak. Uh, um, let's see here. Jonah Heim, possibly. Yeah. yeah. And then a veteran acquisition, Matt Carpenter. First time he will not be up in St. Louis. He goes down, excuse me, goes down to Texas. How do you feel about uh, Mr. Adolis Garcia? Because he had a hell of a year last year. Adolis came on the scene and absolutely exploded. He is coming off an all-star appearance in 2021, a rookie of the year campaign, a man that hit 243, 31 home runs with 90 RBIs in his first big league season with Texas last year. The question is, can he repeat what he did in 21? He was absolutely electric, Z-Stone. My question is, I think after the All-Star break, some pitchers kind of started figuring out how to pitch this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, you see you see the average at 243. It definitely fell post-All-Star break, which kind of got him down there in the 240 range. Yep. My question is, he's going to hit for power, I think. He's electric. He can steal some bags as well and play some good defense. Have the pitchers figured him out, and is he going to be able to take? Is he going to be able to repeat what he did in twenty one here in twenty two? Yep. So moving up into the three spot, a very fun team last year, a team that almost broke the postseason curse, up in Seattle, the Seattle Mariners twenty one, uh, two thousand twenty one finish of ninety and seventy two, second place finish in the AL West, 
a late playoff push, but they fell short. So now they are at a 21-year postseason drought. So Mooch, wow. that goes all the way back to, uh, I believe, 2001. 2001? Who, oh, my goodness. Who was the rookie of the year in 2001? The rookie of the year in 2001. Trivia question for the masses here. I actually know this one, Z-Stone. Well, hold on, hold on. Before you you throw it on out there, we have some people in the chat here that might like to answer that question. Let's throw it out there to the chat. Well, here's what we're going to do here. Surprise, if you're here and you're paying attention, you got a chance at a little, uh, little reward here. So the first person to tell us who the 2001... Rookie of the year is. Might have a little something for you. Ooh. So we'll go Ooh. forward there. We'll continue talking about the Mariners here. Pretty okay. big trade uh, with the Reds. Uh, got a Jesse Winker, a Eugenio Suarez in exchange for really nothing, I don't believe. Yeah, they pretty much uh, they acquired him for, uh, I believe, Justin Dunn, Brandon Williamson, and Jake Fraley. The only guy in that group that really did anything. I mean, obviously, you got some innings out of Dunn and Williamson last year for a team that didn't have a whole lot depth-wise pitching. But Jake Fraley is the name you, hear, you see here. Uh, not a guy who's going to hit for any average. He's a, he's a lefty, kind of scrappy outfielder who's, gonna, who's fast, going to try and get on base. But you're getting... In exchange, you're getting all-star outfielder from Cincinnati, Jesse Winker, yep. 28 years old, arguably just now entering the prime of his career, hit 305 with a career-high 24 home runs mm-hmm. last year. The dude absolutely mashes right-handed pitchers, Z-Stone. Yeah, he did. And, uh, you know, he's looking to get better, too, because this is a guy who, like you said, crushes right-handed pitching. The splits are ridiculous. But he's going to have to figure it out, and he's going to have to figure it out from the left side, too, if he wants to be that kind of uh, that kind of player. 100% agree. He is, I mean, he is the definition of a platoon guy right now. He cannot hit lefties. If you look at it, his, I mean, his splits are awful against left-handed pitching. Yep. Um, he's going to have to find a way to at least be a little bit more consistent from that side because he's got to be a guy in this order that's a mainstay. I mean, you look at this lineup, one through nine, they've got some dudes returning as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll talk about Eugenio Suarez here in a minute, but you look at the guys that come back that kind of pace this lineup last year. I see right fielder Mitch Hanniger, you know, hit hit 253 last year, 39 home runs and 100 RBIs, 39 bombs up at Seattle, which also not not the easiest ballpark to hit in. Um, and, you know, at the other one of the corner positions in the infield, Ty France, another name to look for in mainstay in this in the middle of this order. Uh, hit 291, 18 home runs, 73 RBIs for the for the Mariners last year. So you look for them to kind of be some key cogs. Definitely have high expectations after coming off probably career years for both of them in 21. Yep. Um, so I would look for them to, uh, to to have high expectations for both those guys here in 22 as well. Absolutely. Speaking of expectations, I got two names for you. Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick. Ooh. Tell me a Tell little me bit. A little- all right, hey, Julio Rodriguez. Jared Kelnick, you had your chance to shine, but it's my opinion. Julio Rodriguez is the next 
big prospect in baseball who is going to take the league by storm. He's the number three prospect in all of baseball. He's a true five tool guy, only 21 years old. That's the thing I love about him. You look at this guy physically, he's a freak. He's strong. Big guy, big guy. Physical, he can run. Um, you know, he really projects as a legit, like middle of the order bat, um, plus defensive tools, laser attached to his arm. The one concern I do have with Julio Z-Stone, he's only really played 46 games at a double-A level or above. Mm -hmm. So not really sure if he's got the experience against some of this pitching he's going to see this year if he does happen to make the squad. Um, so I would I would say you think he's probably most likely going to start in triple-A? Probably. I think, I think that would be the smart thing to do. But you never know. I mean, this is a Mariners team that they have – they've done what they needed to do rebuild-wise, and they're looking to get – back in the playoffs and with an expanded uh expanded playoff this year that puts them in a lot better spot to to end this drought absolutely absolutely but the other name you mentioned there jared kelnick i think he's a huge question mark for this team probably one of the more hyped prospects that we saw in the 2021 season big question mark can he put it together in year two because he really struggled in his rookie season yep so how about the brand new ace of the Seattle Mariners. Tell me about him. Robbie Ray, reigning AL Cy Young winner. He's definitely the headliner of this rotation, going to pace the staff this year. There's, there's a few questions about the rest of the rotation, but we'll talk a little bit uh, about Robbie Ray. Uh, you know, this is a dude that was pitching in uh, Toronto last year. Only a 13-7 and record, but he had a 2.84 ERA, which led the American League, had 248 strikeouts, Z-Stone, led the entire major that? league. Baseball. How about that? He's a strikeout machine. He's got electric stuff. He's got the strikeout pitches. Uh, 193 innings pitched, which also led the American League with 32 starts. And another American League, uh, you know, season winner. He had the best whip, 1.045. He's an absolute horse. He's the definition of an ace. Look for this guy to just build on a on a Cy Young campaign in 21. Absolutely, and I am super. Super excited to watch the Seattle Mariners play baseball. I cannot wait to go down to Seattle later this year and catch the Braves in Seattle. So that'll wrap That's it up right. for them. Let's move up into the two-hole because that is a very exciting baseball team. The face of baseball, uh, they actually have two of them, believe it or not. That's the right. Los Angeles Angels, 77-85 and 85 season last year. Not where they need to be. Joe Madden will be, I believe, at his second year at the helm there. Haven't made the playoffs since 2014, and even when they made it that year, they did not have a very impressive performance. Haven't won a playoff game since 2009. Haven't won a World Series since 2002. That is uh, a head-scratcher because they've got a lot of talent uh, over there, down there in uh, L.A. So let's talk about the talent that they brought in. They got, we know all about Trout. We know all about Shohei. They got a new uh, pitcher down here. One year, 21 mil. Noah Syndergaard. Thor is in L.A. That's right. Noah Syndergaard bringing his luscious blonde locks and his Thor hammer to Los Angeles. 
You're getting a guy who arguably in his time in New York, when he was in the prime of his career, this guy was about as dominant as any starting pitcher in the game. Definitely helped that New York Mets team make the World Series. Uh, but they got him on a one-year $21 million deal. So they're spending a little bit, but this is a guy with so much upside, Z-Stone. I think he has legit top-of-the-rotation stuff. Mm-hmm. And with Shohei Otani at the helm, I mean, at the top, if you have Cindergard as a two, that one-two punch is just about as good as they come. It is, and it's pretty fun to have two guys like Trout, like you know, like Shohei. So let's talk about those guys here in just a second. But let's get into this bullpen because this bullpen's pretty pretty darn interesting. Bryce Iglesias, Cesar Valdez, Mike Mayers, Ryan Tapera, former Cub, uh, Jaime Berea, Aaron Luke, former Met who had an unbelievable year last year. And Archie Bradley, that's a pretty good staff out there in L.A. Very good staff and a lot of new faces. A lot of the names that you just mentioned were brought in this offseason to kind of beef up this pen. Yep. Historically, you look at this Angels, this Angels team. The thing that has plagued them for years has always been their pitching. pitching. Yep. Always. Every Angels fan I ever talk to is always complaining. Why are we not spending for pitching? Why are we not making moves to beef up, you know, a little bit of the depth for the arms that we have? So they went out and spent this year. They got uh, relief pitcher Michael Lorenzen, one year, $6.75 million deal. He's a depth piece. He'll give you some innings. Like you said, Aaron Loop on a two-year, $17 million deal. That's a steal. An absolute steal. You look at what he did last year, a 0.9 ER, 0.95 ERA for Aaron Loop in 56 innings with a 0.94 whip. His wow. lefty his lefty splits are the best in all of Major League Baseball. He absolutely mows down lefties. Uh, you know, t- to kind of counter that from the right side, they went and spent two years, $14 million for Ryan Tapera, who pitched for both Chicago teams last year, as it turns out, both mm-hmm. the Cubs and White Sox. Uh, and then, you know, another depth piece, Archie Bradley, one year, $3.75 million. So they've got arms in this pin. They've got names. But the guy that headlines all of them... Yep who they also re-signed, Rysel Iglesias, four years, $58 million this offseason, emptied the bag for this guy. Tell me a little bit about one of the best closers in the American League. Well, first of all, I'm glad they did this because like we've always, like you've alluded to, the pitching has plagued the Angels for countless, countless years. So you go, you spend in the bullpen, you got a pretty good lineup. We'll get into them in just a second. They've got a good pitching staff for the first time in God knows how long. Right. So yeah. bringing back Iglesias, that's their guy. Very good closer, by the way. Very good closer. Yep. Four years, $58 million. I think it's a steal. I think they will do very well to back the end of that rotation. And you know what? I think this is the year that the Angels get back to the postseason. Wow, this is the year. I think. Huh. Because let's let's go over okay. this lineup. Because yeah. First of all, Shohei, obviously the ace uh, and the guy. Shohei, Mike, Jared Walsh, who's coming into his own, is one of the better first basemen in baseball. Anthony yep. Rendon, who needs to have a bounce back here, but I think he, he's capable. We all know he's capable. Max Stassi, really good up-and-coming catcher. Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele. Let's talk about him for a second. Tenth overall pick in 2017. And Brandon Marsh, former second-round pick, have very, very, very big expectations in L.A. because they're the guy. Joe Adele at one point was, you know, thought of, not really, I won't say to be the next Mike Trout, but he was a very good prospect, and they had very high expectations for him. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, these two names, I look at these two names and what comes to my mind, Angels in the outfield. These yep. two young guys, they're going to have to be uh, who they build around outside of Mike Trout. Mike Trout's going to dominate the middle of that outfield, obviously. If he's yeah. healthy, he's going to be in center field tracking everything down but joe adele is the 10th overall pick in 2017 this is a guy like you said with just massive expectations still only only 22 years old kind of got a, a sniff of the uh, of the big leagues last year right um but in his final 17 games of 2021 this is a guy that hit 302 three home runs and 14 rbis with plus speed he's going to steal bases if he can start hitting for some power this is a guy along with mike trout who who can argue arguably you know affect the game in multiple ways so look for adele brandon marsh you know we'll see what happens former second round pick a lot of expectations for him as well but these two guys are going to have to really step up for the angels to make that postseason push like you talked about absolutely so let's talk about the guy let's talk about the face of baseball the pitcher the hitter the mvp shohei otani holy cow what a guy what a guy, what a player, and a great, a great guy to have as the face of baseball, I believe. Let's look at these stats last year. 257 batting average, 46 homers, 100 RBI, 965 OPS. You, oh, but you, you thought that was it? He was 9-2 <laughs> on the mound, 23 starts, 3.18 ERA, 156 Ks, and 130 innings. We've never seen anything like this in baseball, Mitch absolutely ridiculous it's it's video game numbers you look at this guy you look at what he did last year it's literally a creative player where you max out every attribute and you pitch him you hit him he hits tanks it's unbelievable this man did it all it's something that i think we're probably taking for granted and a lot of us probably can't even believe our eyes that he is doing this at such a high level from from the mound and at the plate it's absolutely absurd we are privileged and blessed to be witnessing this guy and he's still so young z stone yeah. we're gonna get at least another 10 years of otani at at peak levels and i am so excited to watch him play absolutely so obviously you know obviously opposite otani is mike trout that's uh, right need him to be healthy this year need him to be the mike trout of old because when he is he's obviously an mvp candidate and he's a, obviously a big piece for this Angels team to make any kind of run. So we got to get Trout healthy back. Moving up into the number one spot, at least your number one spot. Not my number one spot, but your number one spot. The Houston Astros, the reigning, defending AL pennant champions, represented the American League last year in the World Series. They lost. Mm, sorry about it. Dusty Baker comes back. Very good manager. Very good man, first of all. Won the pin at the last two out of the three years and three out of the last five. That's pretty impressive. But they've lost their last two appearances in the uh, in the in the big series. They have, and Z-Stone, before I get into this, I just would like to thank our sponsor for this section, Waste Management, who is, uh, you know, actually came by my house this morning and, and got the trash and, and took it out. This team, the tr Houston Trash Rows, it pains me, absolutely pains me to put them in the top spot. But uh, they're coming off, uh, they've won the pennant two out of three years, like you said, three out of the last five. Um, they probably were part of the biggest offseason news uh, in all of baseball, losing Carlos Correa to the Minnesota Twins in free agency. But you look at their one through nine, 
a lot of returning faces, a lot still of familiar good. faces. They're still good. The core is still there. The question is going to be, I think, the pitching. And yep. in my opinion, I think they have the depth. I think once Lance McCullers comes back, so we'll go into this in a minute. I just think with Verlander coming back, if he can stay healthy, mm-hmm. this is a team that's going to have shutdown potential at the top of the rotation. Yep, you know, and that's all about, that's what it's all about, you know, healthy. And, you know, that pitching staff was susceptible to injuries last year. Obviously, Verlander didn't pitch the World Series. McCullers didn't pitch the World Series. They relied on Framber Valdez and Luis Garcia, and it didn't work out for them because they're not top of the rotation guys. I mean, they, they had some good outings here and there, but they're not top of the rotation guys that are going to be able to take you to that World Series. Here's my problem. I don't think Justin Verlander is anymore either. That Hey, fair enough. I think there's a ton of question marks surrounding Justin Verlander, and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to put them in this top spot. I think the Angels, health is going to be a huge factor for both of these teams. If the Angels can stay healthy like the Astros, they're going to compete for the top of this division. But Justin Verlander, you look at him, he's 39 years old. Nobody is denying the fact that he's aging. He signed a one-year, $25 million deal. Shout out to him for still getting the absolute bag after not pitching for almost two years. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't pitch last year for Tommy. He had Tommy John, obviously, we all know. This dude only pitched one game in 2020. His last full season was 2019, which happened to be a very special season uh, for Justin Verlander. Uh, 21 and 6, 258 ERA. We all know he was the Cy Young that year. If he can do even a fraction of that, um, you know, I think the Astros will be in good shape. But he, I think he's going to have to do more. I think he's going to have to to shoulder the the load in the top of this rotation if they want to if they want a chance at winning the pennant again. Well, that's the problem. You're shouldering the load on a 39 year old guy who hadn't pitched in two years. I just don't see where that is. You know, I won't say responsible. I don't think responsible is the word for it. I think it's dumb. You know, we all know what Justin Verlander has been, right? But that's what he is, a has-been, right? Maybe he comes out, which completely proves me wrong. He's a fantastic guy, fantastic pitcher, but he's 39. Hadn't pitched in two years. He'll probably have an okay He's a probably good season. I mean, I don't think he'll totally blow up. Wouldn't surprise me if he did. But that's a lot. I mean, you're putting a lot on a guy like that. Yeah, it's a lot for a 39-year-old to to have as much expectations as this Astros team is putting on him. I mean, he's got a lot of miles on him. He does, but the thing about Verlander, you look at him, what does he do? He eats innings. This yeah. dude absolutely he, he every time he goes out there, you know you're going to get at least 6 innings out of the guy. He just well, he's a bulldog on the mound. He's going to he's going to give you everything he's got. He's a competitor. So I really look for him to hopefully, you know, for the tra- for the Astros' sake, while McCullers starts the year on the IL, he's going to have to really carry the weight until he comes back. I think McCullers is a guy, though, who's got, you know, future Cy Young stuff at the top of this rotation if he can also stay healthy. Absolutely. I don't – listen, I don't dispute that. And I'm not saying Justin Verlander is, is not capable of being a front-line guy. He's been a front-line guy his entire career, but there comes a time – where, you know, that catches up to everybody. And, yeah. you know, you could say he's, you know, he's he's capable of, of kind of being the guy that just keeps on going no matter how many miles he's got on him, and that's fine. But I hope it works out for him, and I hope Lance McCullers can come back too. Obviously a key piece of that rotation. I mean, he's obviously the two guy, um, if not the one, really, uh, behind Justin Verlander. McCullers had a very good year last year. And was 
having a very good second half whenever he went down with an injury. So they're going to have to figure that out. But let's talk about the bullpen for a second. Ryan Presley, a newly acquired Hector Neres from the Phillies, Ryan Stanek, Enoli Paredes, Christian Javier, Phil Maton, and Pedro Baez. Hector will be a good addition to that bullpen. I don't think he'll close for him. Uh, I think that'll be Ryan Presley's job. But Hector Neres will be a good setup guy for them. Won't go too far into him. I want to get into this lineup. Jose Altuve, Michael, uh, Michael Brantley, Alex Bregman, who's going to need to have a bounce back here. Jordan Alvarez, who had a monster year last year, but disappeared when it mattered most. Yuli Gurriel, good hitter, very good hitter. Kyle Tucker, Chaz McCormick, Jeremy Pena, who will be in charge of filling that shortstop role. We'll talk about that in just a second. And Martin Maldonado, who not a good hitter, but he's a good defensive catcher. Yeah, I mean, this is a one through nine. You look at it, a lot of familiar names. The two names you don't see that you 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 remember from the Astros core, obviously, no more Carlos Correa, no George Springer from years past. Mm-hmm. So my my question to you, when do we start to see the decline of these aging guys, these, this core, right, this core group, this trio? Jose Altuve is going to be 31 this year. Michael Brantley, 34. Yuli Gurriel, people – People don't realize this man's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. He's old, but like you said, people also don't realize this dude hit 319 last year with yeah. 15 bombs and 81 RBIs. He man is consistent. Hit. All he does is hit. All he does is hit. Same with Michael Brantley. He's not going to hit for a ton of average or a ton of power, forgive me, um, but he's going to hit for average. He's consistent, hit 311 last year. Um, but the two names you mentioned that I think, you know, we, we, we know about Jose Altuve, what he's going to give you. He hit 31 home runs last year. The two guys for me that I expect to take even bigger leaps than they did last year, Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. Yep. These guys, both of them, 30-plus home runs. Jordan, 104 RBIs. Tucker, 92 RBIs. Both swing it from the left side. Kyle Tucker plays good defense. Jordan, not so much. You really kind of prefer him in that DH role. Um, But these are two guys that have the chance to both hit even more than 30 home runs. I think they have the potential to both get 40 this year. Yeah, and they're playing in a friendly ballpark that would allow for that. That's going to be the big thing. Uh, I think you nailed that right on the head. Bregman's going to have to have a bounce back here. Alvarez, obviously you're looking for 40. uh, He's supposed to be a 40 home run, 100 RBI guy. I think he can do that, but the problem is going to be, you know, like you said, when does this team start to go down? If they do, maybe there's another two, three years in that run, but this window is closing. I think it is very evident that the window is, uh, window, the window is closing. Tell them from the South. Um, the window is closing, right? So how much longer, like you said, do they have? I think they've got two or three more years in them, but it's going to come to an end pretty soon. And then you, so. And then you're faced with that question. When do you blow it up? When do you pull the trigger? When do you get rid of these guys and rebuild? They've had a heck of a decade. They've had a heck of a last, you know, allegations and the trash incident besides shout out to Waste Management. All that aside, they've had some good years, right? They've been, they've had some storybook runs, some storybook seasons. You can say what you want. They've been a good baseball team, right? So, with that being said, you're, you're, you thinking the Astros win the, win the West again? 
I still do think they win the division. I really do. I, albeit, I think it's going to be closer than it has been in years past. They kind of ran away with it last year. Um, the, the, the past few years, you know, uh, and, and they've made a lot of noise in the postseason. Um, I don't know if they win the pennant again this year. I think with, the, no. you know, the, de the departures of Correa, um, you know, I just think they're so top-heavy, too, as well. Um, no, we've already uh, talked about who wins the pennant in the American League. It's, I just don't see it happening. But I do think they win the West. I think it's going to be competitive between them and L.A. Uh, it's going to come down to health, and at the end of the day, historically – Houston's been healthier, so I think that's that's gonna that's gonna be the uh, X factor for both those teams. All right. Well, so you think they win the West? I think the Angels win the West, barring any pitching collapses. But I'm gonna I'm gonna watch them all year. Hopefully, the, the Angels. I'm gonna be uh, paying close attention to because I think this is the year they can finally win the West again. Yeah, the, the Angels are the team where they are worth the price of admission. They're worth you buying the entire MLB network package just to watch them in out-of-network areas. Like Shohei Otani and Mike Trout together are must-watch baseball. Yep, and they're back-to-back -back in the same rotation. That's wild to me. However, I believe that about wraps up Episode 5. Moon, do you have any parting words for our for our good people? No, um, I just noticed, I mean, we've had almost double-digit viewers in the chat the entire time. I, huge shout-out to everybody showing love for our uh, for our launch of the Blooper Boys podcast rebrand. I mean, I it's been electric energy all weekend with the launch of MLB The Show 22, and I'm just so happy we got to do this tonight and, and looking forward to breaking down the NL West on Sunday, but... Uh, you know, wishing everybody the best of pack luck as they open up all their packs this weekend as we get into MLB The Show 22's official yep. release next week. Yep. And, uh, you know, we're all trying to get that Randy Johnson. That's right. So, one more thing that I do want to uh, add here for our viewers. If you, have any guys, if you guys have any questions, fire away now before we uh, take this thing home. If you, uh, if you have any questions about this, MLB 22... Fire away, first of all, but uh, don't be afraid to DM us on Twitter. We'd love to answer your questions, email us, however you want to get that in. But we still have not had anybody answer our, our question here. I'm going to tell you what's on the line here. There's going to be some stubs on the line. Oh. For MLB Show, MLB The Show 22, we got some stubs on the line. If you could tell me who won the, the uh, Rookie of the Year in 2001 for the American League and the National League, I'll give you a hint, two, uh, two future Hall of Famers right there. Two future Hall of Famers. Yep. If you can tell me who won the Rookie of the Year for both leagues in 2001, there's going to be some stubs coming your way. So I'll give you guys a couple uh, seconds to get that in as I wrap this up, guys. So thank you for tuning in to Episode 5, the uh, American League of West Breakdown. So like I said, Sunday... We will be live here on twitch.tv forward slash blooper boys podcast for episode number six and the final breakdown of uh, our divisions here within Major League Baseball. And we might have another little surprise for you guys next week, episode wise, going up into opening day of uh, actual baseball. But next week, we're going to spend some time talking to uh, MLB 22. Hope to get some cool content creators on here as well uh, to chat with us. So that wrap, wraps it up for uh, episode five. We appreciate you guys listening. As always, catch us on uh, Twitter. Uh, 
twitter.com forward slash blooper boys pod we're pretty much blooper boys pod everywhere spotify apple music uh patreon twitter everywhere we're everywhere and uh we appreciate you guys coming along for the ride hey another good episode mooch you got anything else no like i think you nailed it z stone like we just appreciate all the support this is uh, it is far exceeded our expectations we're going to finish up these season predictions and then as soon as this brave season gets started as soon as this regular season gets going on thursday night we're going to dive straight into it personally myself i will be in attendance next friday a week from tonight nice. uh, at, at the friday home opener for the braves against uh, cincinnati so i'm super looking forward to that may have to do a little uh, bonus episode friday night after i get back from the chop house we'll see if i'm uh still coherent after a few uh future a few terrapins or whatnot but uh chops executioner we'll see what happens but like we said hey appreciate y'all tuning in best of luck with everything uh mlb the show 22 related this weekend and i hope you pull mike trout yeah i hope you all pull trout or or somebody pull somebody good pull some diamonds yep all right guys y'all have a good one and we will see you guys next time